It's time. It's time. It's time. Time to wake up. DJ Angela Yee and Charlemagne the God. The Breakfast Club, bitches. The voice of the culture. People watch The Breakfast Club for, like, news and really be tuned in. It's one of my favorite shows to do just because y'all always keep it 100, y'all keep it real. They might not watch the news, but they're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. They're, you know, they're listening to The Breakfast Club. Get your ass up. Yo 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MV. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Monday. Yes, it's Monday. Back to the work week. Absolutely. We still here. Yeah, we still here. Still quarantined. We are not violating any social distancing laws. Mm-mm. And I'm not gonna lie, Mondays Mondays is difficult after watching uh, the Last Dance, which is the uh, the Bulls Michael Jordan documentary. It's it's a little later when you start when you watch that. It's not difficult if you uh, go to bed right after, but that's not what happens. What happens is you know you 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 stay up a little bit and you think about it and you talk about it with people, and then you end up watching the goddamn rerun. Mm-hmm. That's what I did last night. That's the. I, I'm telling you, man. I, I I walk away from that thing saying one thing and one thing only. Michael Jordan is absolutely the greatest of all time. The Bulls were an amazing team, and I just asked myself, Jerry Krause, why? Yeah. Like why? Like why? Like why? Phil Jackson must have smashed his wife or something, yo. Phil Jackson smashed his mom. Phil Jackson did something to Jerry Krause that we don't know about. That won't be in the Last Dance. One day, uh, somebody will reveal it to us because that don't make no sense to me. Yeah, why Why would you break up that team, man? Why would you break up that greatness, that chemistry, everything that it. they had? Why would you break that up? I don't up? get it. And, and he underestimated Michael Jordan's um, uh, love for Phil Jackson because Michael Jordan told him, I'm not playing for another coach. Right. So if you get rid of Phil Jackson, I'm out. And Michael Jackson was out on his ass. Michael Jordan. I respect Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. <laughs> Who did yeah. I say? Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Oh, another great MJ. But uh, Michael Jordan was out on his ass. He told That's him, right. he said, I don't, I'm not playing for another coach. If you're getting rid of Phil Jackson, I'm out. And right. Michael was out. Bye. He was out. Yeah, he I definitely was out. Yeah, but uh, it's it's a great, 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 great documentary. I mean, it's it's... It's, I'm watching my son watch it, and if you have kids that are in the sports, it just shows you how much he had to put into being so great. A lot of people don't see that side, so. Yeah, they don't see the process. Nah, not at all. Great, great, great. But you, but you can't be Michael Jordan, though. You can be good. You can be the best version of you. Correct. Michael Jordan just had a, a unique set of gifts and a unique set of ability abilities, and he just unlocked his his full potential in a way that a lot of people don't unlock their full potential in any in anything. Right. Nonetheless, basketball, just anything. Correct. All right. Now, we have a special guest joining us this morning, right, Yee? Yes. So, over the weekend, Jennifer Williams from Basketball Wise put up a post saying that she had gotten conned by somebody who got her Range Rover and that he's a professional con man. Well, since then, there's been about 20 people who have reached out and contacted her and her attorney regarding Mm. this person. So, we're going to talk about how this actually happened to her. We also have somebody else on the call who it happened to. She had written an article about it about 70 years ago. And we also have her attorney. And they're going to just talk about, right now, a lot of people are going through issues where uh, there's fraudulent things happening. They're trying to figure out, how can I go about this? How can I report this to the authorities? And sometimes it's very difficult. So we're going to get all into that. But it's a crazy story. 
All right. Well, somebody stole her car. Like, how does how you? Well, I guess we'll get all the all the details yes. a little later. It's, you're not just gonna steal not, my car like, now. Things like this happen. It's easy to say that, and then people are like, "Oh, you're so stupid. How did you let that happen?" But he's a professional common, and he's done this to many people. Yeah, I got so many questions, but all right, we'll, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. Now, front page news, what what, what, what we starting off with, E? Well, there are some new uh, possible symptoms of coronavirus that the CDC has added to the list. This is important because if you want to get tested, you have to have some of these symptoms. So they've added six new symptoms to the list. All right. Jeez. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting off, Yee? Well, we're going to talk about the six new possible symptoms of coronavirus. According to the CDC, they've added these to their list. And those are chills, repeated shaking with chills, muscle pain, headache, sore throat, and a loss of taste or smell. So that is important because you have to have some of these symptoms in order to even get tested. And they said that you may be most infectious in the days before you start showing symptoms, according to studies. But most testing sites do require you to have that symptom before they actually will go ahead and issue that. So... Uh, I they thought those also, were already. I thought we already knew that. You know, the taste and smell, and I thought the headaches. I thought we knew that already. Well, we've been hearing things of people saying that they've had those symptoms, but now it's mm-hmm. added to the list from the CDC. So that list gotcha. is just an important list in order to go to the testing site and say this is what I'm having, and now that is considered to be. You know, because I've heard people say they've gone to try to get tested and they had the symptoms, but they couldn't, and gotcha. they wouldn't let them. So now that's official. They said there's that makes also. Zero sense. That makes mm-hmm. zero sense, especially being that uh, they know that people who are asymptomatic, people who don't show symptoms, you know, can can carry it. So if, if you know that, then they should be testing everybody who wants to be tested. Like you should yeah, have to wait until you got symptoms. There's uh, some new things happening like purple or blue lesions on your feet and toes, most commonly in children and young adults. They're calling mm. it COVID toes. And they said they can't pinpoint the condition, but some are saying perhaps it is inflammation because of a clotting of blood vessels or a thrombotic disorder known as purpura fulminans. All right. Now, they are talking about opening up these practice facilities for the NBA, and that's going to be a state-by-state. So some states that are easing their stay-at-home orders will allow certain teams to reopen their practice facilities, and they're saying that is starting May 1st. And that's in areas where social distancing restrictions have been eased. They said group workouts will remain prohibited, but players will be allowed to use the facilities for individual workouts on a voluntary basis. You know, you know what I was thinking over the weekend? I think that the world uh, didn't know or wasn't sure exactly what coronavirus was. I think they believed corona was extremely, extremely fatal. So they did the right thing and shut the world down. But I think they've realized after doing antibody testing that a lot more people have had it, which also shows them it's not as fatal as they thought it was. And now that they know that they that that, that, is, that, that it's not as fatal as they thought it was, they, they're trying to just... Uh, open up different cities little by little to, to get us back in the world. Because it's not like they can come out and just tell us, hey, we overreacted. No, no I don't think they're overreacting with the amount of deaths that we had. I don't think that was an overreaction. But when you look at all the antibody testing that they've been doing, they, they realize that a lot more people have had it than they originally thought. So that shows them that it, it wasn't as fatal as they once thought it could be. Because you got to think, they were talking about 250,000, 300,000 people dying by August. Right, and I think that would I think that would have happened if they didn't shut down the city and make people stay in the house. The way that people were contracting this thing, I definitely think that would have happened. I mean, Maybe. you still got how many people that died? 
you know, in the U.S. alone, you had over 53,000 people that died. That's still a lot of people. It is. But once they did the antibody testing and realized a lot more people had it than they originally thought, then they realized, like, oh, well, maybe it isn't as fatal as we thought it was going to be. No, it's still fatal. Well, Dr. Fauci says the U.S. should double its testing over the next several weeks. And that is just to find out how many people actually really do have it. They're doing 1.5 to 2 million tests per week. And they said we probably should get that up to twice that as we get into the next several weeks. And Donald Trump is saying he might cancel coronavirus news briefings. He's saying now, what is the purpose? People were upset about what he had to say about Lysol and trying that out. And here's what Donald Trump had to say about his Lysol comments about uh, actually injecting Lysol into yourself. No, I was asking a question sarcastically to reporters like you just to see what would happen. Disinfectant for doing this maybe on the hands would work. And I was asking the question of the gentleman who was there yesterday, Bill, because when they say that something will last three or four hours or six hours, but if the sun is out or if they use disinfectant, it goes away in less than a minute. But I was asking a sarcastic and a very sarcastic question to the reporters in the room about disinfectant on the inside. I told you I couldn't wait to hear him deny that he didn't say what we all heard him say, but that's Trump. And there has been an uptick in calls after those disinfecting comments. According to New York City, they said their poison control center received a higher than normal number of calls in the day after he speculated that injecting household disinfectants could be a coronavirus treatment for people. I mean, listen, only Trump supporters are stupid enough to to try that, that, that remedy at home. Okay. Because I did, cause drinking Clorox is a choice, especially if you're an adult. Yeah, people are scared, though. When they hear their president say, hey, this is a, this can stop no. coronavirus, no. there's some people out no there that, that might just try it. That's they stupid. Are. That's stupidity. That means you're dumb. That means you're ignorant. Okay, Only, only somebody who supports Trump would, would try something like that. Because you had to be stupid well, to as you know, and you, you got to be stupid to drink bleach to think that that's going to kill coronavirus. Well, as you know, Lysol has issued statements letting you know, do Come not on, ingest man. this, please. Come on, man. Think about what world we in where Lysol got a release statement saying that. Where people got to actually tweet, I can't believe I'm saying this, but you shouldn't drink disinfectants in order to kill coronavirus. Think, think about what kind of world we live in that things like that have to be said. No, Come you're on, absolutely man. right. But when people are scared and your president says something, people will no. do whatever it takes that they think will, no. will, will cure or, or fix this no. COVID-19. Like, no, put it, put, blame that on exactly what it is, stupidity, ignorance. Come on, man. I think we can all agree that it is irresponsible for the president to say something like that, regardless. Absolutely. Of if no, it's stupid. It or not. It's dumb. It's not irresponsible. It's past irresponsible. It's a, irresponsible is uh, you forgot to take the trash out. That, this is past irresponsible. It's stupid. It's ignorant. It's dumb. Call it what it is. And that's your front right. page news. <laughs> Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Maybe you had a horrible weekend, a bad night, or maybe you feel blessed. Whatever it may be. 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Let's go. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Larry Carter from South Carolina, man. Larry, South what's up, Cat- man? What's happening, Larry? Hey, man. Hey. I lost my mother-in-law. Just lost my mother-in-law Saturday, man, due to this coronavirus. My sister-in-law is also in the MUSD fighting for her life. My wife, who's a director of adult education, she also contracted this coronavirus. 
Mm. Yo, I got a six-year-old daughter, man, and she also wow. got it. And I'm um, testing oh positive. Gosh. Yeah, man, I got a niece, a nephew, well, two nieces and a nephew. And I just want, you know, maybe I can get the world to come together and send a, say a prayer for them, man. Because at this moment, the Carter's going through it. Damn, I'm definitely going to put a Sorry, prayer up in the brother. air for the Carter's. Let me ask you a question. How, how Does the six-year-old have any symptoms? Yo, my six-year-old don't have any symptoms. Her name is Janaya Carter. Hmm. She don't have any symptoms. My nephew, he's DJ. He don't have symptoms. And I How old is he? Like 12. He's 12. And I got another niece. She's nine. And, you know, all these folks live in the same house. Hmm. And like I said, my wife went down there to help them. And, you know, because she's a twin and she loves her family. And unfortunately, you know, you know, we lost my mother-in-law Saturday, man. And, and, and I just want to give a, you know, to let the people know that this thing is really for real, especially the people of color, because they're not taking it as serious as they should, man. And I need to get that off my chest this morning, man, because I'm just feeling I, a certain kind of way, brother. I understand, Larry. How, how old is your mother-in-law? My mother-in-law is like 74, man. I'm talking, this lady was in great shape. It's like when she went to the hospital, and, and matter of fact, she drove herself to the hospital the first time that she went and got, you know, and, and got diagnosed. And the second time, she started having a little scrap throat. She went back to the hospital. My wife took her. She walked in the hospital, man. And like when she got on this ventilator, stuff just went stuff just went down. Wow. You know, I don't know if her body could take it or not, man. But um, damn. You know, and, and I'm deaf. I'm so worried about my wife because she had to come home out the hospital to try to get everything in order because right. you know her twin. Her twin is down there on the ventilator, and, you know, yeah. she don't really don't know what's going on, man. And, yo, I just need for the world to pray for us, man, that they can... I'm going to put one up for you. I'm putting one up for you as soon as I hang this goddamn phone up with you. I'm praying right Carter. now. Because you my homeboy. You from you from Carolina. Oder yes, sir. So you know what time it is, man. You know, if we don't know nothing else, we know how to pray, man. And That's right. <laughs> and fry some and fry some fish. Right. And I want to tell you this one thing right here. I was in the convenience store, um, you know, after my mother-in-law passed. I went to the convenience store, and I had my mask, my gloves on. And these two young guys, two young black boys, like maybe like 14 or 15, so they're in the store joking like, oh, um, black people can't get the corona and all that. Oh, and Lord. I had to check these kids. I had to check these kids, man, like, yo, hmm. brother. I said, yo, that's not true, because I, I just lost someone behind the coronavirus. So y'all don't 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 say stuff like that, man. Right. Don't don't say stupid stuff that don't make sense because we are the one, the white people catching the flu and we catching the corona. It it just ain't adding up. Yeah, it's very hard. It's very hard for when somebody says to you black people can't get corona, it's very hard not to tell them, yeah, man, especially if you take a shot of bleach a day. It's very hard not to tell them that when they say stuff like that. Well, thank you for checking in, bro. We'll definitely throw some prayers up for you, man. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Absolutely. What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. Man, I'm calling in because Charlamagne up on here saying that only Trump supporters are going to be stupid enough 
to inject themselves with Lysol. I don't think that's the case. I don't think it's just a Trump supporter that's going to do it. If you're stupid enough to do that, like, regardless of who says it, it doesn't matter who tells you to do that. Common sense should tell you, don't do that. But can, we agree on, can, can we agree on one thing? Yeah. If you do it, you're stupid, right? Yeah, I agree on that. Oh, but I'm just okay. saying, like, to, to go at somebody that's a Trump supporter and say, well, only a Trump supporter would do that. Nah, man, there's plenty of Democrats out there that are just stupid. I mean, that, just stupid. That is true, but I want Trump to lose in November, so I'm taking shots at him. Can you understand that? I, I feel that. I feel that. But okay. I don't think that, that really any, any politician is going to be that great. He's going to take shots at all of them regardless because they're all stupid. So. I agree. That 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 I agree with as well. Well, thank you, brother. Right. No, but they're not stupid enough to drink disinfectant to kill coronavirus. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Jessica. I'm calling from South Florida, and good morning. I just want to talk a little bit about um, the good morning. Um, the 911 dispatchers that nobody seems to notice in all of this that's going on. Everybody's talking about the mental health impact of the frontline workers, like the mm -hmm. officers and the firefighters, but we're the ones that take the call. We're considered the first first responders. And I just want everyone to, to keep that in mind, these places where they're like, oh, we're only allowing first responders in. We're working with the officers and the firefighters. So we have families at home that need supplies and we're sharing the same fears of the people who are calling us and also assisting the officers and the firefighters by getting help um, to people who call. So I just want to give a shout out to all the 911 dispatchers that are out there across the nation. You're not forgotten. Absolutely. How, are how, how do y'all protect yourselves? I mean, because the only, the only people y'all got to be around is each other, right? Yeah, and a lot of a lot of the call centers are very close. Um, you're sitting in close proximity. We can't really social distance. Um, so, yeah. we're, you know, we have to wear a mask like everybody else. Um, but we're talking all day long. We're talking to each other. We're talking on the phone. Um, so there's, you know, we use hand sanitizers, we clean down our workspace, um, and that's all we can really do. You know what I always wondered? Who do 911 folks call? Like, if something happened at the facility you work at to somebody, who do y'all call? The police. The actual police? Um, we call our yeah. officers to come upstairs. Y'all yeah. <laughs> have a direct number? No, yes. we, would, we would get on the radio and just raise them and have them come upstairs. Oh, got you. So y'all have people on the facility. Yeah, the same officers that we dispatch to the community. Are they would the dispatch to their own place. Right. Yeah, but it's cut out the middleman. So, so hold on, the nine one one center is located at the police department. A lot of them are. If there's a smaller agency, at least in South Florida, the smaller agencies have what they call PSAP, public service answering points, that are located within police departments. But then the counties, which are the sheriff's offices, they have you know regional locations that they handle a, a larger uh, you know area. So Got you. a lot of them are located uh, in the police department. Got you. Okay. Thank you, Mama. Well, be safe out there. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. Now we got rumors on the way, Yee? Yes, and we're going to talk about a couple of different things. First of all, we'll talk about 2 Chains opening his restaurant in Atlanta. People had some issues with that, so we'll tell you what decision was finally made. Also, Eminem talks about an awkward moment with Michael Jordan. All right, we'll get into that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee Rumor has it. on the Breakfast Club. So listen up. Nah, 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 nah. Yes, so we told you last week that Two Chains was planning to reopen his restaurants in Atlanta. Since he's able to do that, they were supposed to reopen uh, today, but it looks like they are not going to do that, according to 
to change his business partner, Snoop Dillard. He said, after careful consideration, we are not going to open our restaurants today. It has not officially been decided when we will start having dine-in service. So you can still take food out, but they won't be having dine-in service. A lot of people didn't think it was a great idea at this point in time, at this point in time even though the governor gave the okay for businesses to start sales again. I'm glad he changed wonder, his mind. Yeah, I wonder if he feels like uh, that's the right decision. Because now you got like, he's got like 80 employees, so now you're going to have to fire or furlough some people. So that's going to be hard. So I'm, so I'm sure it's a tough decision either way. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, let's talk about um, Michael Jordan. Because as you know, the last dance parts three and four were on last night on ESPN. Now, a lot of people are telling stories about their interactions with Michael Jordan. One person who told his story was Eminem. And here's what he had to say when he was discussing an awkward joke. We were talking about doing some kind of shoe, like, together. Yeah. I was on the phone with him. We were talking, and, and, like, everything was cool. Like, he's super cool. Like, until we get to the end of the phone call, and I said, yo, man, when are you going to come to Detroit so I can dunk on you? And it was crickets. I don't remember exactly what he said, but I I think he just kind of was like, (laughs) and I remember getting off the phone going, oh, my God, I think I might have just blew it. You know, Eminem is a very clever lyricist who has said things in raps we've never heard before. But I guarantee you, MJ has heard that when you gonna let me dunk on you joke a million times. But he ain't hit a basketball player. When you gonna come to Detroit and let me dunk on you? He's either way. It's a joke that I'm sure he's heard a million times. People probably grab a basketball around Michael and let's go, Michael, let's go and dribble around him. I'm sure he's I know, seen but people probably also times. get a little starstruck around Michael Jordan and make that mm-hmm. joke too, because I think yeah, certain people you get awkward and you're like, uh, and you make that yeah, type of it's joke. It's like when I saw Prince and I said to Prince, you mm-hmm. know, uh, I was raised Jehovah Witness as well. That's that's what that was. That was an awkward, stupid ass joke. I'm sure he's never Michael's heard that one before though. I'm sure that, I'm sure that. no fan ever came up to Prince <laughs> and said that though. That's a damn right, now, Are you crazy? Let's get into the actual documentary that was on last night. So we got to see a really great moment when the Bulls beat the Cavs. And Jordan made that winning shot in the last couple of seconds. Nobody thought it was possible. And the reason why was because they put the wrong person to guard Jordan. Listen to this. You know, they had Craig Elo on me at the time, which, you know, honestly was a mistake. Because the guy that played me better was Ron Harper. We up by one. I said, Coach, I got MJ. So the coach goes me, I'ma put Elo on MJ. And I'm like, yeah, okay. We drew a play where I was coming to the ball, but I only had time enough to get one dribble and get a jump shot off. So I was doing everything I can to get the ball. The inbounds pass comes into Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! Why you say nobody thought it was possible? Everybody knew that the ball was going to Michael Jordan. That's well, what Michael Jordan was, was known in, for. But there was basically like one second left, so I don't think that uh, they thought that it could huh? possibly happen. That's a last second thing. <laughs> I mean, they were That's what Michael Jordan one. was known for. <laughs> but I, I think Jordan would have made that shot over anybody that was guarding him, yes. honestly. That's I, what I, Jordan I, was known for. I know that the wrong guy was guarding Jordan, but I, I, I think he would have made that shot anyway. I mean, that was yeah, Michael Jordan. I mean, regardless, that was an incredible shot. So. Hell yeah, it was. Absolutely, 100%. It could have went either way. All right, now, also, Michael Jordan said that he was not a Phil Jackson fan at first, and that's because he liked, you know, having the ball, and Phil Jackson was taking the ball out of his hands. I wasn't a Phil Jackson fan when he first came in, you know, because he he was coming in to take the ball out of my hands. Doug put the ball in my hands. The triangle offense is set so that there's a key pass that creates motion 
And then there's 33 different types of options that come out of that single pass. You know, everybody has an opportunity to touch the ball, but I didn't want Bill Cartwright to have the ball with five seconds left. There was so many times the Tech used to yell at me, saying, move the ball, move the ball. He says, no iron team. He says, an iron win. Understandable. Mm-hmm. Until you until you, until you actually buy into his game plan and realize what his game plan is and realize his game plan game plan helps the whole team, which ultimately helps you. All right, now here is Isaiah Thomas talking about why they wouldn't shake the Bulls' hands, the Pistons wouldn't shake the Bulls' hands after they lost. That was the only time that I, I think I had ever been swept. As we're coming out of the game, Lambeer said, you know, we, we're not shaking their hands. Knowing what we know now and the aftermath of what took place, I think all of us would have stopped and said, hey, congratulate, like they do now. Hey, congratulate, love you, man, love you. Hey, congratulate you. I mean, we would have did it. Of course we would have done it. But during that period of time, that's just not how it was passed. When you lost, you left the floor. The best part of that situation is that's not on Jordan. Like, like Jordan don't have to forgive them. They did that to themselves. They chose not to shake the Bulls' hands. They drew that line in the sand. They created that energy. So keep that same energy. That ain't on Michael at all. That ain't on none of the Bulls. The Pistons did that. Pistons made their bed. Now they got to lie in it. Period. All right, so what does Michael Jordan think about Isaiah Thomas? Well, here's his response. Whatever he says now, you know it wasn't his true actions then. You know, it's time enough to think about it. Or the reaction of the public that's kind of changed his perspective of it. Yeah. You can show me anything you want. There's no way you can convince me you were an asshole. Yeah, I agree. You got time to think about it. Don't change up now. Yeah, I didn't F with you then. I don't F with you now. It is what it is. We ain't got to F with each other. I didn't do that to you. Like, you can't, don't come to me and say, you should really forgive the Pistons. I didn't do nothing to the Pistons. The Pistons did that to themselves. They chose not to shake our hands. They drew that line in the sand. They created that energy. Word. F them. Now they got to eat that. Stay there by yourself. The NBA is nothing like this today, boy. Mm, nah, not too much. Not at all. What are you talking about? These guys are best friends. They're on freaking uh, banana boats together. Yeah, you know but that's what I'm saying? Like, like, they love each other. They hug nobody, each other. They kiss nobody each other. Nobody Fs with Beverly. There's a couple of other dudes in the NBA back then that was always hanging around with each other. You said nobody Fs right, with well, Beverly. Yeah, Patrick Beverly. Nobody nobody Fs with him. Man, they, they love Patrick Beverly. It's all chummy. The NBA is so chummy chummy now. Everybody's friends. They were chummy chummy a little bit back then. They were playing cards with each other before the game going golf. Are you crazy? Did you not did you not watch the first uh did you not see the Hall of Fame speech when Michael Jordan said um his best friend, Charles Oakley, said to him, Man, I can't hang out with you no more because Pat Riley won't allow it when we used to play for the Knicks. Are you crazy? Hell no. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. They said they played cards with each other. They said they went to dinner with each other. They said that they, they went to golf out of each I'm other before de- the game. I'm not debating with you. Yeah, with Danny Ainge and Danny Ainge and Michael Jordan did. But I'm talking about when they really, when teams like the Pistons or teams like the Knicks that were hardcore, that was really trying to take your head off, you can't tackle me and then go play with me, go to dinner after the game. You really think Bill Lambert and Scottie Pippen was going to eat together? Well, they didn't like each other. There's certain people. That's what I'm there's, there's certain people in this industry that I don't care if they ask me and they invite me to dinner. Now I ain't going with you because I just don't like you as a person. Like I don't like anything about you, and I'm not staying next to you. I'm not being with you. I'm not doing nothing with you. I'm not even going 100%. to a charity event with you. Hundred percent. All right. Now, uh, when we come back, we got front page news. What are we talking about? Yes, let's talk about Stacey Abrams. She is making the case for herself to be Joe Biden's VP pick. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. What's happening? Now, let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? 
Well, Stacey Abrams, she did appearances on NBC's Meet the Press and CNN's State of the Union yesterday. And she is endorsing Joe Biden's bid for the White House. And she also is campaigning to be his running mate for vice president. As a young black woman growing up in Mississippi, I learned that if you don't raise your hand, people won't see you and they won't give you attention. But it's not about attention for being the running mate. It is about making sure that my qualifications aren't in question because they're not just speaking to me. They're speaking to young black women, young women of color, young people of color who wonder if they too can be seen. My mission is to say out loud if I'm asked the question, yes, I would be willing to serve. But I know that there is a process that will be played out that Joe Biden is going to put together the best team possible. That's one of the things that's important to me. Absolutely. Like I always say, Joe Biden is a Hawkeye. So he has to assemble the rest of the Avengers. And I would love to see him have a a black woman as a running mate, especially a qualified qualified black woman like Stacey Abrams. And people like to say Stacey Abrams isn't qualified. I don't want to hear about qualifications when you got the executive producer of Celebrity Apprentice as the president of the United States of America. I mean, she has Fair Fight 2020. That's in 18 different states. And she also served as her party's minority leader in the Georgia House of Representatives. So I would say that she's uh, pretty qualified to do this job. And I would love to see her in that position. I think so, too. To be honest with you, I, I, I I, I wouldn't care if she isn't. Because once again, the executive producer of Celebrity Apprentice is the president of the United States of America. So when people bring up qualifications, look no further than your president. And the mayor of San Juan is saying that nobody in Puerto Rico has received a coronavirus stimulus check yet. Nobody. Listen to what Carmen Julen Cruz told MSNBC. No one in Puerto Rico has received the $1,200 from the federal government. We are having problems with the local $500 that the governor said that was going to distribute. There's more than 130,000 unemployment requests that have not been filled. The same thing with people getting food stamps. Hey, Donald Trump gonna come Jeez. down there and, and throw out them checks like he did them paper towels a couple of years ago. <laughs> He's gonna be hitting y'all the with the Jim Jones ball. Federal promises have been delayed, and right now there's more than 130,000 unemployment applications that have not been answered. That is crazy. Drama, All how right, did that make well, you feel as our Puerto Rican in the room? How did that make you feel? Anchor, man, we gotta do better. As usual, we gotta do better. Remember, Puerto Rico's part of the United States. That's all there you, you got. Go. What do you want from me? It's the truth. You get a chance to stand up for your country, and that's all you can do. Which I just it's not a country. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your front page news. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, we were talking earlier about Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas and how Michael Jordan just doesn't really F with Isaiah Thomas, even after uh, the, uh, their games and after the NBA. Am I, am I lying? Am I telling the truth? Uh, yes, it, he, he definitely says he still hates the bad boy Pistons, whatever right. that means. So we were asking, day. how far does your petty go? 800-585-1051. Myself, I see nothing wrong with that. If you don't F with me, especially you do something trying to hurt me, trying to injure me where I can't play anymore and take care of my family, no, I don't F with you forever. I don't have to think about you, but if it comes up to a situation where me and you are in the same building, then you got to choose because I'm not going in the same building with him. I'm not going to give him. He's not doing nothing with me, nothing near me. I, I don't have no problem with it. You guys? Uh, <laughs> we no, know if you I don't like you, yeah, if, if I don't like you, I'm not going to pretend to. You know what I'm saying? I think grudges are based on, you know, the, 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 the infraction that was committed upon you. You know what I mean? Like some grudges might last a couple months. Some might last a year or so. Some might last longer than that. Some might last forever. It just really depends on on, on what, what happened. Honestly. Yeah. 
I think that I understand that from Michael Jordan because they physically wanted to hurt him, like you said. They were like, whatever we have to do, take him out every time. Just, you know, I think that is particularly harmful. And I do feel like people try to hurt you in different ways. And so those are people that I just tend to stay away from and not give any energy to. Right. But I will say, it it, it, it is context, too, though, right? Because that's sports. At the time, that's the way the game of basketball was. So it's not like Jordan hadn't been in fistfights on the court with other teammates and other players. I just think that he personally didn't like, you know, the Pistons for other reasons. Because you got to think about they saying Isaiah and him froze him out of a, what was it, the Dream Team or an All-Star game? Which one was it? I think it was the all Dream Team. Game, it was the Dream Team. Dream they, Team. They froze him out the Dream Team. I know. Did they keep Isaiah off the Dream they Team? They kept Isaiah off the Dream Team. They kept Isaiah they kept off, Isaiah the, off dream the Dream Team. team. But, yeah, Jordan said they froze him out of an All-Star game or something before. So I'm sure that it was a lot of personal underlying things uh, between them. And then that was just the last straw, the fact that they were didn't have any sportsmanship and didn't shake their hands when they left Correct. the court. And, and I don't have a problem with you. You got to make a decision, and those decisions, I got to make a decision too. And if I don't F with you and you try to hurt me, you try to injure me, you push me to the limit where I possibly can't feed my children or you try to disrespect me in a way that there is no coming back from, yes, I'm, more pe- I'm petty mind, to them. I'm petty to Michael Jordan. I'm, I'm going to go hard. I don't hard. mind that part. I don't mind that part. Because even what when part? they showed Jordan... When, the fact that they was on the court trying to hurt him. Because even Jordan said, the reason I put on 25 pounds of weight is because I wanted to start administering the pain. I wanted to start to hurt them the way that they was that they was attempting to hurt me. So I don't I don't mind that. But the pettiness at the end of the game, the last two years, y'all busted our ass and we shook y'all hands and we were respectful. And then when we beat y'all, y'all just walk off the court and don't shake See, our hands. It shows a lack of respect for me. It's and a difference, though. But it's a difference, though, and, and this is the What's difference. The difference? The difference is if you want to be a sore loser and a sucker, you could do that. But now if I'm driving down the lane and you're trying to hurt me, trying to elbow me, trying to throw me on the floor where I could possibly get injured and never play again, let's be honest, there's been people the who got injured same thing, though. never played again. Bulls did the same thing. That was the style of basketball back then. So I, so I, so I, so I get it. Pistons I understand why worse. they don't. Of course. I understand why they don't like the Pistons, but I think it was more so the lack of respect you show me after I finally dethroned you. Because you got to think, that was a big moment for the Bulls. The Bulls finally got over that hurdle. So in Jordan's mind, all he wanted probably was a little bit of respect, the same respect that I show, showed y'all and show other people. And you can't give that to me? All right, F you. All right, well. And and Isaiah still don't seem to respect Jordan. He always, him, him or Bill Lambert, they always got little slick, slick things to say about Michael, even now to this day. Well, 800-585-1051. How petty are you? Let's talk about it. Because I'm petty. I'm the petty king. I'm petty, petty. We know. Petty. <laughs> like, buy your mama house. Petty, petty, petty. But anyway, 800-585-1051. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. All right, pull out your, pull out your phone. Call in right now. You call me. Add your opinion to the Breakfast Club topic. Break, break it down. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Now, if you just joined us, we're talking about the Michael Jordan, The Last Dance, the Chicago Bulls documentary that was on uh, this weekend. Uh, they were talking about a situation between Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas and how they really don't F with each other. And Jordan really doesn't F with Isaiah Thomas. So we opened up the phone lines and said, how petty are you? 800-585-1051. Let's start with you, Yee. How petty are you, Yee? I would say that I'm not really that I kind of like just don't care. You know what I'm saying? If I don't mess with you, I just don't really care about you. I'm not like outwardly petty. I just feel like you don't exist. Charlamagne? Is that petty? 
I don't, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's about being petty. You know what I'm saying? I think I think it's about holding a holding a grudge. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't think Michael Jordan did anything to the Pistons. He just didn't like how the Pistons did him when they didn't shake his hand. So he just holding a grudge against them. And I, and I don't I don't have a problem with that. Like if I don't like you, I don't pretend to. Like I don't rock with everybody's energy, and that's fine. The Pistons and the Bulls don't have to get along, and that's cool. And you can't tell people when they should get over something or how they should feel about something. If MJ feels like what they did was egregious enough. To, to not rock with them to this day, that's on him. And who am I to tell him he's wrong? Yeah, I mean, it depends. There's, there's, there's levels to pettiness. It, it depends how far you tried to go to hurt me or, or to try to hurt my family. And if you go that hard to try to hurt me and my family in a way where you're trying to destroy my family or try to make it so I'm not eating, I don't I don't F with you and I'm petty because I will try to make sure that uh, I bury you. And and I, I remember I just remember this this line from Jay-Z. It was like uh, something about um, if you make somebody die breathing and you're saying something, meaning you cut off all their oxygen where they're alive and they could just sit back and just watch what you're doing, but they can't eat. That's my goal of pettiness. I, like I, that's I, how I, far I, I want to take it. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't have that kind. I don't have that kind of energy to waste on uh, on people like that. You know what I'm saying? Because because like I said, I don't think what Michael Jordan is doing is petty. I just think he's holding a grudge because he's not doing anything to try to hurt the Pistons. Like like le, like legacy is legacy. It's cemented. It, y'all beat me. Y'all won a couple championships. I beat y'all. Y'all chose not to walk my, to shake my hand. You can't take that back. Michael Jordan went on to be an absolute success. Isaiah Thomas had success. That's that. We I just choose to not rock with you. No, we yeah, can all have success. To, and we can all do our, our different things. But when you try to physically hurt me or my family, nah, it is what I it think is. You're using the, I think you're using the, the wrong word, though, because you're making it seem like you want some type of revenge against people. Jordan ain't doing that. Jordan just got a grudge. He just don't mess with them. Yeah, I got, I, I got I a think grudge. Gr- I, think, I think grudge is the word more than petty. Well, let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? This Jay Last man from Duval. Jack. Duval, how petty are you, bro? What's up? What's up? Out there violating all them stay-at-home orders. No, that I had to pick my girl up from work, man. She's she in the front line, nurse. Jay okay. Andrews. All right, bro. Now, come on, how, answer how the question, petty are you, are you, bro? Do you hold a grudge? Are you petty? I ain't really that petty. I hold a little grudge if um, I don't get my way because I just you know, overanalyze a lot of stuff. But other than that, after that, it, it, it only lasts for a little while. But I just want to say Jordan is real petty because that's the way they played basketball back then. Not like they was after him after the game was over with, you know what I'm saying? That's what I said. Yes, man. The Pistons did that to everybody. Yeah, Oakley, Rodman, they hold career. Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah, man. You know the Bulls did it I mean, when they got tougher. Yeah, that's the only way they could win. That's right. You know they saying? had to push people I like around. Envy. I like I like Envy, but he said he hold a grudge even off the court and everything. Come on, Envy, you got to let it go, bro. It, 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 it all depends on what, what the grudge is. Like, I've been in situations where people try to disrespect my family and my kids. So if if that's the situation, I'm just looking at me and how I hold a grudge. If you disrespect my family, I don't give a f- You can believe yeah, that. Yeah, but see, it, it, that's, it, it, that's it, it, how it, I feel. If it's just a game, that's something different. But if it goes past that, I got to do what I got to do as a man. See, and, and see, what you just said is exactly why Jordan don't rock with the Bulls. Because when you don't shake my hand after the game, you're showing me that it's more than a game. I mean, you're showing me that it's not. You're showing me that it's, yeah, he didn't shake the hand. And when the Pistons didn't shake the Bulls' hand, he's showing, I don't like you, Michael. I don't like you. It's not just about yeah, basketball. You know what I'm saying? Dog if, they, Michael, Michael dogged Isaiah for the, um, the, the dream team. So, I mean, he mm-hmm. holds a grudge too, though. That's true. True. 
All right, well, thank you for calling, brother. All right. Hello, who's this? Yo, this Big Smoke. Hey, Big Smoke. What's up, bro? We're, we're talking about grudges and pettiness. How, how, do you hold a grudge? Are you petty, bro? I'm petty, man. I'm king petty. See, <laughs> see, this, see this weed dude back in the day? He, uh -oh. he shorted me as a quarter on an ounce, man. <laughs> you do not still have a grudge. I, I, I broke in his crib and stole 80000 from him. I That's wouldn't say that on the radio, radio man. 80, I, would, I don't know if I would say that on the radio. You broke into somebody's house and stole $80,000? 80000 I didn't know I was going to get that much. I was just trying to get that <laughs> <laughs> I just, Hey, you just wanted back what you spent, but while <laughs> you're, you're here, trying to get my get back. <laughs> it's just here. I might as well take it, right? Now, does does he know yeah. it was you? A whole 80, and the, the kicker is I still f*** with him. Does he know you did that? My, Hell no. No, I get my killer off of him still. <laughs> Oh, he's going to shoot you next time he sees you. I ain't going to say where I'm from at, though. I ain't going to well, say where I'm from. He's probably listening right now. He knows 80,000 he, 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 he lost. He knows your voice, and well. he's never forgotten that 80,000 loss, and he said to himself every day for the, since that happened, I'm going to shoot that person who took that 80,000 from me. You ain't never been able to get weed at 730. That's right. smoking bath salts. <laughs> okay. You do Thank know that the Breakfast Club is listened to by 10 million people a week. Somebody's going to know your voice. Yes, absolutely. Right, well, thank you. Right. Good luck. He's like, all right, I got my 80,000. Wow. Somebody calling somebody's phone right now like, hey, man, remember that 80,000 somebody stole from you? Absolutely. 800 He was just on the phone bragging about it. 105.1, we're talking. How petty are you? Do you hold a grudge? Let's talk about it. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Now, if you just joined us, we are talking about how petty are you? How Do you hold a grudge? Now, this comes from the Michael Jordan uh, documentary, The Last Dance. Now, what are your feelings out there? Let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? Hey, what's your Emily. name? Hey, Emily. Emily. We're talking about grudges uh, or pettiness. Uh, do you hold grudges? I do. I do, unfortunately. Okay, give That's us an all example. You, you want to give, give us no details? No. Uh, well, I, I had this situation at my old job. This young lady cost me my job. She did not like me because I went on a date with her ex-husband. He ended up uh, starting all these rumors about me that caused my reputation to go down. And eventually I was terminated because of all the drama that she stirred up. She even popped my tires and did all this crazy stuff. Was the date you know, worth it? I lost my job. Hmm? Was the date worth it? No, it was not. Okay. But that's not your fault. I mean, that was her ex, right? Yeah, they broke up because she did something inexcusable in a marriage. It's not my fault. Mm-hmm. So what did you do in uh, return? Uh, well, just because I got fired didn't mean I didn't still have friends there. So I had friends get together and write a bunch of statements on her, which ultimately lost her job. And she got a harassment charge and is looking at, uh, like, possible jail time. Okay. That is very petty. I still think we're talking about two oh different things. I get it. She cost you your job. She cost you your livelihood. Took some money out your pocket. I understand. Uh, this was, I worked in a, a prison. This was a, uh, it caused a huge hardship in the future of me getting another job. Because the prison oh. is very closely connected. Got you. So. so she cost you not just that employment, but future employment as well. It was very difficult for me to get another job in my field of work. Do you feel like it was petty now when you look back on it? It was because I do feel bad for her children, but she didn't feel bad for my child. So at the end of the day, you get what you give. Very true. Very true. Very true. And I even got a lawsuit with the former employer. So not only did I get her, I'm getting money. Damn. Well, congratulations. <laughs> you're petty <laughs> paid off. Yeah, yeah, you're petty. Okay. You're petty, petty. Uh, I still think we're talking about two different things, though. Like, like what the Pistons did was petty by not shaking the bull's hand 
What MJ is doing is holding a grudge. It's a difference. Yeah. All right. Hello, who's this? Yo, this ain't Cheryl from North of Virginia, man. What's up, bro? You you, you hold hey, grudges, brother? I held grudges before for about six months. Um, I was a good worker, and um, supervisor was used to hate on me. In the long run, the supervisor got fired, and I took the supervisor position. So there you go. Case, so in Michael Jordan case, I feel like he should uh, um, forgive Isaiah, even though Isaiah was hating on him. Jordan succeeded in the long run. You see, uh, Isaiah with a Jordan, Michael Jordan team. Uh, Michael Jordan would have been forgave him like he did Dennis Rodman. So uh, in the long run, Michael Jordan shined by everybody else looking, uh, looking up to him. I think the problem with the Pistons-Bulls situation is that, you know, Isaiah tried to freeze Michael off the all-star team. They did used to play very physical basketball, beat up on Michael Jordan. But when the game was over, Isaiah showed it wasn't just the game because they didn't shake his hand. You know what I'm saying? If you if y'all beat up on each other on the court and y'all go hard and then shake each other's hand at the end of the game, cool, that's sportsmanship. But when you don't shake my hand, you tell me that it's personal. That's what I think the problem lies. All right, well, let's go to another line. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Pristavia. We're talking about Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas and pettiness and grudges. Do you hold grudges? I try not to, but sometimes it's hard. And so it'll take me a while sometimes to let things go. I don't think yeah. there's anything wrong with that. What's your me sign? Either. I think that's human. I'm a... Yeah. A what? A Libra. A Libra, okay. A Libra. I don't know how, okay, balance. I don't know how long Libras hold grudges. I'm a Cancer. Cancers hold grudges for years. Both really? my mom, my I best friend, and my brother are Libras. So we're good people, right? I think so. Yeah, they're pretty good mm -hmm. people. Okay. Well, thank you, Mama. So, thank you. Well, thank you for taking the call. And I guess the question was how petty you th I think I am. Yep. And um, I, I, mean, I guess you guys could tell me if this is petty, but... I drive Uber sometimes, oh and sometimes a passenger will, <laughs> yeah, will like clip their cigarette right before they get in my car, and that's a huge pet peeve because I think it's rude. And um, so it doesn't matter how cold it is outside, if it's raining or if it's snowing, I'll drive miles with the windows rolled down, and they'll be freezing back there. Because Why, what's, what's up with you, man? Because nah, because people <laughs> smell like smoke. in the car. Yeah, nah, but they cut their cigarette, and they smell like smoke when they get in the car. I get it. And it's just like, what? And it's like, what it, you don't know, what if I had severe asthma, and it triggers, you know, you don't know my health condition, and it's just, I think it's rude, so. <laughs> what's your star rating? Tell me what your star rating is. What's your star rating? 4.89. I don't okay. believe that. You got to show it so to me. So what about program. if they tell you to roll up the window? Because you do have to do that if they ask you to roll up the window. Yeah, I'll totally say, you know, once the smoke clears out, I'll, I'll go ahead and roll it up. So I'll, I'll wait a few minutes because it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a pet peeve. It bothers me. It bothers me. Big deal. My goodness. All right. Well, thank you, Mama. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you for calling, Mama. 800-585-1051. Uh, what's the moral of the story, guys? Is there a moral? You know, they say holding a grudge is like letting somebody live rent-free in your head. They also say it hurts more to hold grudges than to forgive. The anger we hold inside damages us and nobody else. Don't be a prisoner of yourself. But I don't believe none of that. If I don't like you, I don't pretend to. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? I really don't. Like, I really, truly don't. If you draw a line in the sand, stay over there. I'm cool. I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. But if something comes across my desk and, and it's something that that I know that affects you, that can affect me, I'm not effing with you. I'm not, I'm not giving you anything. Yeah. And Charlamagne, I don't think not liking somebody and holding a grudge is the same thing. You could just be like, I don't care for that person, but that doesn't mean you have a grudge. 
And Charlemagne, you're the same person that goes to people's Facebook to see how bad that they're doing if they did you dirty in high school. Okay, what I got to do with what I just said? That's I petty, just mother That is petty, 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 petty. I, that's not petty. That's just me paying attention. I'm just like, listen, I have no, listen, I, I know I hold grudges and I don't care. I'm just saying, I'm telling you, I just don't care. And I'm just like you. If somebody, like, put it like this. If I'm working on something, right, and yeah. somebody says, hey, we want to hire such and such, I'm going to say no. Because I had a bad experience with that person. Period. And I don't want that energy around me. I, that's it. So it's, that's not even holding a grudge. That's just basically saying I had a bad experience with that person. It didn't go right the first time. Cool. Because, by the way, if somebody's exceptional at what they do, like a Dennis Rodman was, I can work with you regardless of what we, what, what we had or who you was a part of back in the day. If you're exceptional at what you do. If you're not exceptional at what you do, nah, I don't rock with that guy. Okay. Our gal. All right. Now we got rumors on the way, ye. Yes, let's talk about Kanye West. He has joined the Billionaires Club, but he's still complaining. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's about time. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is the Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. Yes, so according to Forbes, Kanye West is officially a billionaire. Now, he wasn't happy with that number. He's on the cover of Forbes, and... He said to them, he tweeted, it's not, he texted, it's not a billion, it's 3.3 billion since no one at Forbes knows how to count. So he wants wow. to make sure that people know that he's not worth just 1 billion, it's 3.3 billion. So they figured out most of that money does come from Yeezy sales. And they said he actually gets 15% of Yeezy revenue from Adidas. But they said, according to Forbes, after some expenses are carved out of that, that is actually closer to 11%. So they said at that rate, he would have gotten royalties of over $140 million from Yeezy sales just last year. They also said he owns a lot of real estate and properties and private assets and, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. Well, congratulations to that black man. Dropping the clues bombs for Kanye West. A man achieved the the dream of his. His good music imprint and publishing is said to be valued around $90 million as well. But he is insisting those assets are really $3 billion. Congratulations to him, man. I'm happy for him because he he went against the grain when everybody was rocking Nikes and he went the other way, did Adidas and and made it pop. So congratulations to him. He deserves it. And I'm sure that when those uh, red MAGA colored Yeezys drop around November that go with the hat, Right around the time for presidential election time, woo, sales going to be through the roof. All right, now let's talk about the rest of the family. Kylie Jenner, she just bought a new house, and that house was a $36.5 million mansion in L.A. Did you guys see that online? Yeah, I see Uh-oh. that. It's, it looks amazing. It's on less than an acre out in uh, Beverly Hills, but it's a beautiful, big, big, big house. So congratulations Less than an to acre? Her. Yeah, less than an acre in Beverly Hills. And it's $35 million? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, it looks hell beautiful. No. It looks amazing. Girl, I'm spending that kind of money. I need the land. I'm with you. It's probably, the, loca- it's probably the location also. It is the location. It is right location. In, in Beverly Hills. But I, I, I want don't land. give a My damn. I want run. the land. Word. Yeah, $35 million and you get a less than an acre? Yeah, yeah, but the value of that might even go up even more just because of where it's located. As an it's a great investment. It's right, it's right mm-hmm. near Beverly Hills. You can get right downtown. But like, I, I'm, I'm, I need the land. I'm with Charlamagne. I need my kids Look, need to run. I need to. I need. Nah, I, need I think uh, it's still a lot of land, guys. Less than an acre? Hell no, that's, that's still, not a that's lot of still land. Still a lot of space. Charlamagne, you're not from Charlemagne. the country. You're not from the country. No, I remember I'm definitely that. not. He, he lives in Brooklyn, so she exactly. she doesn't care about the acreage like that. You know what I mean? It's a little different. Exactly. She doesn't. Exactly. It, it, to her, it doesn't matter. It's, it's how she can get to the city in ten minutes. But for myself, true. 
I need land. I got I got I got eight and a half head, but you know, it takes me 35, 40 minutes to get to the city. But I'm cool with that because my kids can run. Yeah, I for some people it just baby. depends on what, you know, and what's the better decision for you. And mm-hmm. so all right now, Travis Scott, his virtual Fortnite concert drew in over twelve million viewers. So that is really, really dope for him. Uh, that's something different that hasn't been done. He teamed up with Epic Games to host an in-game concert experience, and the fans absolutely loved it with twelve point three million people tuning in. So congratulations to him. Nice. Now, well, all you artists about- and all you comedians better get used to that. All you artists and comedians better get used to that because that's what it's going to be for y'all for at least the next six, seven, eight months. Absolutely. You're talking about what concerts not coming back till fall of 2021. A lot of estimates have been wrong lately, so it could be sooner. But I think it's going to be, it's gonna be virtural. But it is going to be virtual for a while. Sm- I think it'll be smaller events coming back sooner. And then, obviously, like the bigger festivals might be more difficult. All right, Diddy revealed a massive monument that he has of Kim Porter at his home. And he gives some advice out. He was telling people that, basically, this is what you need to do when you find the right one. This is a special announcement, PSA, to all all the players. When you find that one, don't be be playing around with it because they risk rare. I definitely, you know, as a man, feel I f***ed up on that. Like, Like, she was the one for me. And, um... I played played around, you know, thinking that, you know, I'm I'm running things, God is running things. And um he he changed he changed me as a man to be able to really appreciate love. He actually had a statue built of Kim Porter too, honoring her before she passed away as well. Now in addition to that, some more Diddy news, he was talking to Fat Joe and he was discussing the versus battle that he'll be doing. Listen to this. Will there be a versus for, for excellence, is there even talks or whispers of P. Diddy yeah. and Dr. Dre? Yeah, we're definitely talking about it. You heard it here. You heard it here on the show. Oh, yo, yo, no. yo, 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 Diddy versus Dr. Dre. Who you got in that battle? That's a tough one, man. That, I really don't know. One. Yeah, that's I really don't one. know. Only because, like I said, you know, uh, and, and I said this last week and people were saying I was wrong. Tell me, I don't know the R&B records that Dr. Dre produced like that. And I just feel he like it's a such an odd matchup. He did something. I mean, I know Mary. he did The Truth Hurts. He did Truth Hurts. I know he did Family Affair. Yeah, but for Mary, but that ain't total, can't you see? But you know what I'm saying? That Diddy has on him where you, where you could talk Jodeci in some aspects. You could talk Jodeci, Mary, Mary J. Blige, you could Faith talk Evans, Total. Faith. Yeah. I just think, I just think it's a situation... Like, Missy? I think he did something for Missy, too. Oh, I just think it's a situation where Production. Diddy wins with the R&B, Dre wins with the hip-hop. But can you say That's that, too? Because, I, I mean, he got Biggie. He got Honestly, I'm, If I had to go in a battle, I would say Dr. Dre would win. And the reason I would say Dr. Dre would win is because Dr. Dre has bigger hip-hop anthems than Diddy does. Hmm. He has bigger rec from Tupac to Snoop Dogg, to his what? own catalog. Diddy got he the got, Benjamins, more money, more problems, hypnotized, Big Papa, Flavor. Yeah, you talking about? You talking you gin and juice? You talking nothing but a G thing? You talking about Fifty Cent in the club? You know, those you, are you, all I, big hip hop anthems on both sides, though. Yeah, but I think Drake got more. Pretty big anthems. But you know what? No matter what, as we've been saying all along, they both will be winners. Babyface and Teddy Riley, their versus battle songs doubled in streams after that. So everybody wins. Absolutely. So that's what's great about it. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, um, Charlamagne, who are you giving that donkey to? Uh, I need Becky with the good hair to come to the front of the congregation. Her name is actually Mayor Becky Ames. 
She's the mayor of Beaumont, Texas. We need her to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with her. All right, we'll get to that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. I was born a donkey. It's the donkey of the day. That's pretty fun. Charlemagne the Devil. The Breakfast Club. Donkey of the day for Monday, April 27th goes to Beaumont, Texas Mayor Becky Ames. Is it Beaumont or Beaumont? I think it's Beaumont. Uh, sidebar, am I the only person who, when they hear that a white woman is named Becky, I check to see if she indeed has good hair? I don't know exactly what good hair looks like, but she's got a nice haircut on her head, okay? I'm not going to lie. she got a headshot, and it's a really nice haircut, really stylish, little short crop. You know what I'm saying? Got something like a pixie cut, but not quite. Uh, anyway, we have some government, government officials in our country loosening up stay-at-home orders. Some government officials are telling folks to stay quarantined. Mayor Becky was definitely one of those folks telling people to stay home. In fact, Mayor Becky has stay-at-home orders in place. Uh, she put them in place on March 27th. She issued something called Stay Home, Work Safe Order for the city of Beaumont. She said the order was enacted to help slow the spread of coronavirus so local hospitals were not overwhelmed. Mayor Becky said verbatim, only essential businesses should remain operating, but that the city was not shutting down. She said, we will get through this together by staying at home and working safe. We will get this behind us faster. We need you to stay at home. She's stressing the fact that you should stay at home, okay? She even said quarantine parties and quarantine parties are not smart, but we know they're out there. Stay at home. All of this is very smart, very honorable. She sounds like a leader. That's what leaders do at a time like this. They lead. You have to make decisions for the people because, sadly, a lot of us don't make good decisions, okay? You have to take away some people's power of choice. If you leave things that aren't essential open, then people will be tempted to go. So shut it down, okay? Essential only. Grocery stores, pharmacies, that's about it. Nothing more, nothing less. But when you are a good leader, you have to lead by example. You have to show and prove by actions and deeds. And most importantly, you have to practice what you preach. Well, Mayor Becky, no, 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 she didn't do that. Let's go to KBMT 12 News for the report, please. Well, a lot of you are talking about a photo being shared on social media appearing to show Beaumont Mayor Becky Ames getting a manicure today. The mayor told us she did go to the salon after talking to the owner about how to remove an old manicure set. She needed acetone and the salon owner said she would leave some for her. Instead, the owner had the solution set up in a bowl inside. The mayor says she was in and out in 10 minutes, and the owner was the only other person in the salon. The owner also told 12 News that surveillance video backs up the mayor's story. And what you're looking at right now, these are pictures that the mayor sent us of her nails tonight, telling us once again that she did not get her nails done. Mayor Becky, <laughs> I don't give a damn what your nail concerns were. Okay, you know how many people need their nails done right now? You know how many people out here fiending to get a milk and honey spa pedicure? You think we don't want to be groomed? You think I don't want to go to the barbershop right now and get a fresh baldy and shave? But I can't because New Jersey has stay-at-home orders. And you shouldn't be able to either because Beaumont, Texas has stay-at-home orders that you implemented. So how dare you use your privileges, mayor, to get your nails done when regular everyday citizens in your town is out there suffering, watching YouTube tutorials, trying to figure out how to remove acrylic, but you up in the nail salon getting yours taken off. Now, I told y'all I had a theory, and that theory was that the powers that be all over the world didn't know what coronavirus was, and I think they believed that corona was much more fatal than, than they initially 
thought. So they did the right thing and shut the world down. But I think they realized after doing antibody testing that a lot more people have had it and recovered from it than, you know, had had, had actually, you know, been shown before. So I think they just think it's it's, it's a lot less fatal. And, and, and there, there's a, sci- there's a, a study. Um, that proves that theory, a coronavirus antibody test conducted by Stanford University, and that scientists concluded that the infection is both more common than previously thought and possesses a lower fatality rate than what current data suggests. I think that people like Mayor Becky know that. They are privy to that kind of information. That's why they are willing to take those kinds of chances by just going out and getting their freaking acrylic removed. But... We don't have that kind of information. So we have to stay home until y'all tell us to. And guess what? When residents of that town see people like Mayor Becky out and about and just living her life with corona, well, hell, I want to go out and live that life too. Don't you dare lock no residents up or write them any summonses when they start enjoying some of that good spring air in Texas because you, Mayor Becky, set the example. And you need to understand, Mayor Becky, leadership is not a position or title. It is action and example. And you have said a terrible one. Please let Remy Ma give Mayor Becky Ames of Beaumont, Texas, the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw. You stupid mother Are You dumb. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey of the day. Now, yes, when indeed. we come back, uh, Angela Yee, we have Jennifer Williams from Basketball Wives joining us. Yes, yeah, so she had, did a post, and let me read this post to you just so you can know uh, what it is. And she posted this over the weekend. Apparently, allegedly, somebody stole her car from her her vehicle and she said i'm asking for some help finding my range rover that this man aaron stole from me he goes by many aliases including nick daniel or chris he has conned many women and men too out of vehicles and large amounts of cash lives in the atlanta area and frequents detroit houston and vegas if you have seen him or are a victim of his antics please dm me email my attorney jamie hernan or contact the Smyrna Police Department in Georgia as there is an active investigation going on. So we are going to find out how could this happen. I saw a lot of people in the comments were blaming her and saying how could she let somebody take her car from her, that she got swindled, bamboozled, it was her own fault, they don't believe her. So now we'll discuss what some of these allegations are against him. A lot of people have stepped up and said that they do know him and they've been victims of his as well, allegedly. So let's hear the full story. All right, we'll get into that next. So don't move. Jennifer Williams from Basketball Wives. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, we have a special guest on the line from Basketball Wives. We have Jennifer Williams joining us. Now, what's going on with Jennifer Yee? Yes, so Jennifer Williams had posted accusing this man of stealing her car from her and conning her out of it. And we also have a woman, Ramona, who has similar accusations from years ago, as well as Jennifer's attorney, who will talk about these allegations. I saw a post that you have put up on your Instagram about having to deal with, you know, a guy that actually had scammed you. So I saw a lot of people weighing in, and I just wanted to break down from your side, you know, what you're saying happened, how you knew this man, and how he managed to get your Range Rover and what's been going on since then. Uh, I met this man in Atlanta. I've been knowing him for uh, probably it was like a little over a year. And, you know, we developed a relationship. I ended up moving to Atlanta and I had an issue with the closing on my house. I was leaving out of town. I have two vehicles and he claims that he's a car dealership. So, Again, this is somebody that I knew. 
we had a relationship at one point, so I trusted him. Um, I gave him my car to basically put up and hold for me because obviously I can't drive two vehicles. And, you know, when I got settled into my house, I asked him for my car back and he would not give me my car back. He stopped answering my phone calls and my Range Rover basically disappeared. So what I come to find out in doing a little investigating, one, he told me his name was Daniel, which was a lie. And the way that I found that out was I had to actually Google his mother's obituary. And that's when I found what his real name was. I found this article in Lipstick Alley where I connected with Ramona. And I realized that this man has been doing this for quite some time. Actually, probably 20 years or so. Wow. Okay, so just to break it down, so you guys have been dating. At that time, were you still in a relationship? No. Okay, so this was like an ex, but you guys were still cool. So he was doing you a favor. Yes, and I moved to Atlanta. I don't know a lot of people there. He was in the car business. And he was, you know, he was like, listen, I can hold a car for you. It's, it's not a big deal. And I was like, okay, like, great. I didn't have anywhere to put the car, and I was leaving out of town. So I figured, all right, well, I'll just give him my car to put up, not to drive around, but just to hold my vehicle. And then he just never gave it back. So now you said you found this article on Lipstick Alley once you discovered what his real name was, and that's what led you to Ramona, right? Yes. So Ramona, let's to you and the article that you wrote, what was in it, and how you and Jennifer connected. Okay. Um, I was involved with Nick from 2004 until about 2010. Um, in the beginning of 2011, a woman contacted me. I'm not exactly sure how she got my information, but she contacted me, and it turns out that she was the mother of one of his children. We... Um, compared stories and talked about, you know, some of the things that he had done. And we realized that this information needed to be out there. When I first got involved with him, this is Jennifer stated, there was nothing on him on the internet. And you can Google everyone and get some information about everyone. So I thought it was kind of interesting that nothing came up. So we decided that we were actually going to develop a web page that had a lot of information about him. He was able to get that webpage removed, you know, some years ago. So um, she also put up a ripoff report in regards to him. And then I chose to post on Lipstick Alley and connect the ripoff report and talk about my dealings with him. Now, I hadn't seen him in over a decade. So what is it that he did to you, like, specifically? Um, well, when I met him, um, just as uh, Jennifer had stated, he gave me a different name. Um, at the time, he told me he was a retired athlete. He told me, and of course, that you couldn't Google that. Um, he told me that he was involved in numerous businesses, um, and I did see, you know, the luxury cars, and there was a lot in Las Vegas that housed a number of these luxury cars. At the time, um, I had my own car, my own vehicle that I was making payments on. And he stated, you know, if we're going to be in a relationship, you know, we should upgrade your car. And I told him, you know, I'm still making payments on the car. He suggested that we return the car and then just get a new car. So I felt uneasy about that. But I gave him my car to return to the dealership. He never did the car just kind of disappeared and I was still making payments on it. I was making payments on it until, you know, it was a charge off. 
Now, at the time, again, I was still in a relationship with him, so I was in other vehicles. He had me in numerous luxury cars, so even though I was still making payments on the other car, I really didn't just think much of it. There were other instances where he would ask for me to pick up a luxury car in a certain state and then deliver it to a different state. Um, he stated again that he was a dealer and these were people that were leasing or financing or purchasing the cars from him. Now, the places where I picked up these cars were dealerships, but they weren't his. Right. He also stated that he had a cleaning company. He stated that, you know, he had different foundations. So he had a number of businesses, but all of the businesses were attached to a post office box that I used as well. There were no physical addresses for any of these buildings or for any of these businesses. But again, this was the person I chose to be in a relationship with, so I believed him when he told me whatever it was. At the conclusion of the relationship, as I mentioned when I spoke with um, the mother of one of his children, that's when we found out that, again, all of these things were fictitious, and he had been doing this to a number of women. And that's why we chose to put that post up. Now, what happened when both of you contacted the police, or did you contact the police? Then, then what happened? Well, okay, for me, so obviously my my car was stolen, so I contacted the Smyrna police because that's where the car got taken from. And to be honest with you, it's been it's been a little over a month, and there hasn't been any resolution. You know, they they literally just put my car in as stolen, and I put up the post because I was a little frustrated because. Here it is. I have this vehicle that I don't have. It's stolen, and nobody's telling me anything. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, I know social media is a huge platform, and I know that he's in Atlanta. So let me put the post up. Maybe somebody has seen him. And then when I was talking to Ramona, I realized that we started comparing stories. We started talking to other people. He has been doing this. The, the amount of stories that have come in. We haven't proven anything. We don't know that these stories are verified, but everybody has a similar story about this man. And so it's like, everybody can't be lying, but really there's not been uh, much traction from the police. All right, when we come back, we'll kick it more with Jennifer and her attorney and more. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have Jennifer Williams on the line right now. Of course, she's from Basketball Wives. And a strange story. You want to um, explain to people that just tuned in what the story is? Yes. So she is discussing a post that she put up from a man that she was formerly dating that stole her Range Rover from her. But apparently he's allegedly done this to other people as well who have now come forward. And we also have Ramona, who also has similar allegations against him from a few years ago. Now, Jamie, you're Jennifer's attorney, right? I would like for you to step in right now and just talk about if something like this happens to somebody, like you're dealing with Jennifer's case, what can a person do and what are you treated like when it comes to the police department, when you try to report something like this? What are your options? You know, through our investigation, we've seen that this man has left a trail of victims, it appears, for a decade or more. You heard from Ramona, who was talking about a situation, similar situation, over 10 years ago. And fortunately, Ms. Williams was brave enough to come forward and uh, make that post and make this public. Uh, because, frankly, I think what we've found in, in hearing the stories of people who've responded to that post is, unfortunately, they have not had much help when they've sought 
recourse through the legal system. And so what we're trying to do is connect the dots, the victims and, and, and show what, you know, this man appears to have done and, and really show the power of social media programs like yours, where a voice can be given to people who haven't had that, that opportunity before. And Ms. Williams is not going to rest in this situation. This is not just at this point about her Range Rover. You know, she's she's seeking justice not only for herself but for for the others. And she has the power of, of the you know the platform of social media and being able to come on your program. And many of the other victims don't have that. Right. So they have. You know, she's reached out to me as an attorney to to help her and and. We reached out to the police department. There's an active investigation with the Smyrna Police Department. Smyrna is a is a suburb of Atlanta, and uh, but frankly, it's really the power of the people that sometimes can put the pressure on that'll stop people like this. Because you know, people who are doing these kind of things they need to be exposed, and oftentimes individual stories that that are not connected that go to you know one police jurisdiction and another. They never get tied together and, and people can slip through the cracks. Ramona, I think, has seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm incredibly proud of her because this situation was something that happened with her, to her over 10 years ago. And she's still seeking justice. And, and we hope to, to help provide that for, for her as well. Because, you know, it's time that, that it all stops. Yeah, Ramona, you can see just not having the platform that Jennifer has, right, how difficult it was for your story to even be heard. And now it's finally getting some traction 10 years later. I know. And it is difficult speaking with a number of, you know, these alleged victims. It's There's some strength in anonymity. You know, we, we were unable to get our stories out. Some people were afraid to come forward to the authorities. You know, how do you report a car stolen when you kind of had a relationship with this person? How do you then report your credit being abused when you had a relationship with this person and you allowed him authority to use your credit? Um, there are a number of people that were just afraid to come forward. And um, it is a great thing that Jennifer was able to give them that voice so that they can now come forward. And we see that there are dozens on dozens of alleged victims had, as she mentioned, the same story, whether it was their credit abuse or money's taken from them, cars taken from them. It has to stop at this point. And Angela, if I could just add something to that. Ramona pointed out something very important there. Uh, When people are reporting this to the the, the banks or their insurance companies or the police, oftentimes what they're going to be told is, you should have known better or you should have done this and you were in a relationship and were you involved and and the victim becomes the accused and becomes investigated and, and and it puts so much pressure and stress on them that they just say forget about it I'd rather not I'd rather not pursue it and so it is uh, and when they do that it's not about the strength of their their character they were very strong to come forward in the first place it's about the system not working and the system basically uh, it's that same system that people abuse and take advantage of so they can go through and, 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 and survive all these years doing the same thing. Well, Jennifer, I know a lot of people have contacted you, and of course these are all still allegedly people that we haven't necessarily proven what their, if their story is legitimate or not, but even men have reached out to you, right? 
Oh, men have reached out to me. Um, just I got three new victims this morning. I mean, it's first of all, it's not just women. He definitely preys on women, but it's it's men as well. And some men are claiming allegedly they've been in a relationship with him. And then some men are just saying, you know, I gave him money to, to get a car and, and he ran off with my money. So there's just a lot of stories. Again, I don't know what's true, what's factual, but everybody seems to have a similar story. Now, Jenny, what would you recommend for a person in this position? Because people are going through this in general, right? This is definitely a time when, especially during this pandemic, when people are preying on people, and they're running all kinds of scams right now. What is the process that you can go through if you're trying to, you know, track down somebody that has stolen from you, that has gotten something from you, that has ruined your credit, any of those things? What's the process that that person should go through? Well, look, they can report it to the authorities. They need to understand that they need to, they can't just report it and then sit back and expect that that it's all going to be taken care of. They need to actively be a part of any investigation. They need to be, they need to put pressure on the authorities to do the right thing. You know, that the the authorities work for the people. The people need to feel that they can, they can expect justice. Um, Some people may not feel comfortable in doing that. They can reach out to attorneys in their area. There's also likely, uh, if, especially if they can't afford an attorney, there may be uh, attorney uh, legal organizations that can provide representation to people who've been victimized. Uh, it's important that people just don't feel shame in the situation. All right, and um, Jamie, last thing, what would you tell? What What are some of the possible charges that Aaron can face? Well, honestly, Angela, we've been bombarded with responses to Ms. Williams' post. So that's that's hard to pin down right now. Obviously, uh, her car was taken, and we're pursuing that through the Smyrna Police Department. But there, there's any number of things we've had people who have alleged uh, similar dealings with vehicles that they've had taken or money that they have had been scammed out of, and that goes in that's in many many jurisdictions in many places, different states. And so uh, that is a uh, that's a long list, Angela. That's a long list. All right, ladies. Has he tried to contact you? He did try to contact me when the post went up. He called me. Um, he was blowing up my phone, and I was actually talking to Jamie, and he started texting me, and I didn't respond. I just responded, "Please don't contact me. You can contact my attorney." And Jamie said he has not reached out to him. And what about you, Ramona? From ten years ago, has he tried to reach out? Of course, of course he's reached out. But my thing is, he can't run old tricks on Numona. So it doesn't work anymore. Well, I want to thank you both for your bravery today and the courage to be able to speak out against this. I know this is going to help so many people. So many people have gone through similar situations, have not come forward about it, blamed themselves. And I'm just glad that you guys had the courage to do that. Thank you, Jamie, for giving us the whole legal aspect and for helping these women out because, and the men, you know, like Jennifer said, some men have come forward and had some dealings as well. So I am hoping that justice gets served in this case, but if anything, this will prevent the next person from getting scammed as well. Yes, thank you so much, Angela. And I really just encourage people, if they run into a situation where they do get scammed, to please speak up and go to your police and and make a report because a lot of these people that I have been speaking with, they haven't filed reports or they just, you know, they felt like 
they were embarrassed or they were naive. So they didn't go to the police. And, and that's one, you know, common denominator that I've been finding with the people that I've been in contact with. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. We're going to follow back up. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you, Angela. Thank you. Thank you. The Breakfast Club. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk the All In Challenge. She's spilling the tea. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. Yes, so somebody just bid $240,000. That All In Challenge is the fundraiser started by Michael Rubin, who is co-owner of the Philadelphia 76ers and founder of Fanatics, a sports apparel company. Proceeds from this fundraiser go towards fighting uh, food insecurity amid the coronavirus pandemic and other charities as well. And for $240,000, somebody just won a double date with Russell Wilson and Ciara. So... Uh, that's going to be, I guess, pretty fun for them, right? To go on a double date. There's a that's lot of amazing things. a lot things. of money for a double date, though. What are we yeah, doing for that well, double date for that price? I don't know, but you know what? I mean, clearly these are people that would be donating to charity and they're getting something from it, you know, for being able to hang out with Tom Brady and go to dinner or work out with him in his first game with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right now, that price is up to $775,000 and bidding for that experience ends tomorrow. So that's I'm, a lot of I money. mean, that, yeah, it's dope if you're a super fan of, of one of those people. If you're a super fan of Russell Wilson, a super fan of Sierra, or a super fan of Tom Brady, that's dope. But if you're just doing that just to do it, I would love to know why. <laughs> well, maybe to donate money. You know, because you're like, all right, I'm going to donate money, so I might as well do it through this charity and win this auction and get something from it, perhaps. You know, they have a Kevin Durant dinner, courtside seats, and NCAA Player of the Year trophy. That's $65,000. And then there's things that you can bid on that are just $10 that are actually raffle entries to win other prizes as well. So it goes from $10 up to almost 775000 right now. Mm. All right, Tyler Perry is working on a way to reopen his Atlanta studios safely. So what they're trying to do right now is he'll make sure that everybody gets tested. Everybody who tests negative would be invited on the lot, and that's when they will live there during the entire production. The cast and crew will check in the first day of filming. If they test negative, then they get to live there during that production. That's and they said the facility used to be an army base as you know so there's 141 barracks on site all of them are usable there's also 40 historic houses that you can live in and Tyler Perry also built 30 houses on the lot for various productions and all of them are functional so they said if this can happen then the cast and crew can use those facilities which also includes a gym a bar and restaurants that's smart man that's that, that's good i would rather people um you know figure out ways to try to keep people employed especially if you can you know, safely contain the yeah. situation. And that's one of them. I mean, you, yeah. you, once you're on there, you can't leave. Everything you need is on there, on that lot. So Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Right, Nobody got to get fired. No. You can't leave, you know? That's it. Come in, you test negative, you can't leave. All right, good to go. Yep. Nobody get fired. Nobody get furloughed. I love that. Yep. All right, Scarface has given an update on his health, but that's after his battle with coronavirus, where he said he was inches away from death. He was on a Zoom chat with Willie D, and here's what he had to say. I got to change my entire diet. I got to do uh, dialysis four days a week. You know, before the COVID, I never had kidney. So I, didn't, I could not go to the hospital with COVID because I didn't want them to put me on a uh, ventilator. You know, everybody putting on ventilators is 
dying, bro. So that that three weeks, that month that I did uh, in my house was, was like hell, bro. I couldn't keep food down. I couldn't get comfortable. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't stay woke. Uh, and like I said, I couldn't breathe, bro. Wow, so he's going to change his whole diet now. And imagine having to go through that constantly. You know, he said he does dialysis four days a week, three wow. hours a day. They take all his blood out, clean it, and then put it back in. Wow. Yeah, that's my, that's, my, that's my guy. I check on face uh, every, every couple of days. And last time I spoke to him a few days ago, he definitely was in the hospital. Said the same exact thing. He's getting dialysis for his kidneys. But face is, face is a strong brother, man. He, you know, he's been through worse. So he'll get through this. Now, Andy Cohen is speaking out. He actually wanted to donate plasma, and that's because he also had coronavirus, but he said that he couldn't. Now, here's the reason why you can't, or why Andy Cohen can't. I signed up for a program for COVID-19 survivors where you could donate plasma to those still battling the virus. I was told that due to antiquated and discriminatory guidelines by the FDA to prevent HIV, I am ineligible to donate blood because I'm a gay man. Even the new relaxed rules require gay men to abstain from sex for three months, whether they're in a monogamous relationship or not, before giving blood. Though no such blanket restrictions exist for people of other sexual orientations. I don't get that. If, 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 yes, they're, doing HIV screen, if, if they're doing HIV screenings on the blood, what does it matter? What does it matter if a person is gay or not? Yeah, that, that doesn't yeah, make they, sense to me either. Yeah, clearly these are very old, antiquated, discriminatory guidelines and uh, that people are having to abide by. And right now they need to update that because that's ridiculous. Imagine you're trying to do something that can help people and you're being told that you can't even help others because of this discrimination. Yeah, right, and it shouldn't I mean, matter. If they're do, if, if they doing HIV screening on the blood, that's it. Like either their blood is HIV positive or it's not. Simple. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, shout out to Revolt. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice Mix is up next. Get your request in. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Everybody, it's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, shout out to Jennifer Williams for joining us this morning. Absolutely. Yes, I appreciate her for sharing her story. I know it's not easy when people are criticizing you uh, for speaking out about something that happened to you, but the truth of the matter is there's a lot of people out here that are... Uh, getting swindled, that are getting conned, and she allegedly is going through what she's going through. So I'm hoping that the police are able to finally do something. As we've said, this is an active investigation. So if anybody feels empowered now to come forward and talk about what's happened to them, or if this story can help you in some way, that's all we can really hope for. All right. And you, well, and you know, what, man, I, 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 I want to say, man, I think it's very disrespectful. Uh, everybody that was sending me the links to the, the Last Dance documentary, um, DJ Envy being one of them. That's not the way God wants us to watch that last dance documentary. How you know God ain't how you know God ain't sending leaks over though? Because it's illegal to do that type of stuff. And you know, if you can't obey the laws of the land that you live under, then you can't possibly obey the laws of God. So it's very disrespectful. Stop sending me that. I got I got I got I got I got all the episodes up to like episode eight. I wasn't mm-hmm. tempted to watch it not once. I actually replied back to the people that sent me that this is not the way God wants us to watch this. And I, and I enjoyed it last night. Know. I will say this is an amazing time for this docuseries, and I'm glad they did push it up. While we're all at home and trying to find some great content to watch, I do think the timing is amazing, so it's a good thing that they did start showing that earlier than they were supposed to. You know what else is going to do, too? If the what? NBA comes back, 
it's going to put a lot of pressure on NBA superstars because I think a lot of these youngins, they have a bar, right? But their bar for so long has been LeBron and Kobe. I don't know if a, a lot of these young players necessarily understand the greatness of a Michael Jordan or a Scottie Pippen or a Dennis Rodman, whoever it was. I think it's going to make all of them better. But I think so LeBron I think if they bring back work ethic is, is pretty crazy and pretty insane. I didn't well, say LeBron. You know? Do you listen? I I'm said the younger players, they All looked right, up to LeBron sure. and Kobe. But okay, even LeBron, sure. LeBron, but even LeBron, <laughs> sure. LeBron's, LeBron's bar has, is going to be raised as well because if you just look at this level of greatness and what the Chicago Bulls were able to execute, if they bring back the NBA season this year after all of them brothers sitting at home watching this, man, you're going to see some very inspired basketball. Very. I will say that we've seen LeBron working out on social media, and he also is, as we see him as a leader on his team, you know, he is very uh, kind of Michael Jordan-esque, I guess, in the way that he's very put the pressure on to win. No? No. No. Now LeBron is LeBron is <laughs> no. uh he's not he's not Michael Jordan S. He's Michael Jordan S in the way that he works out, in the way that he trains, in the way that he gets ready, but his mentality on that court is uh, is totally different, I think. Totally, totally different. And by the way, we gotta stop doing that because LeBron is great as LeBron, but Michael Jordan is just he's just something else. Like and I'm I'm Savage. talking about Michael it's it's just different. Like it's just a different mentality that would have caused him to win in whatever you know, uh, industry he was in. Like, you just, it's just different, man. I can't explain it. What did you say yeah. the game is different now, though? Because they don't let you Absolutely. get as physical either. Yeah, the game is definitely different now. Well, now, let me ask you a question, Sean. They've been talking ish to each other. I feel like they kind of don't allow that either. Yeah, they'll blow the whistle immediately now. Did, did, did he talk about uh, playing baseball yet on the documentary? No, not. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, I'm a little ahead of you guys. All right, well, when we come back, we got the positive notes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Breakfast Club, good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, um, I just want to say something. Charlamagne, you mentioned that people sent you uh, the documentary, sent you a bunch of parts. They sent you uh, You, three, four, five, six. You was one of those people. You was definitely one of those people. I don't know what you're talking about. But if anybody out there has 9 and 10, not to say that I would want it, but if you do have it, I want it. I don't want it. I just don't feel like I feel like no timing comment. is important. <laughs> I feel like the I feel like the day something comes on, the time it comes on, that's all part of like a universal plan. So I like to watch things as is. And so I I don't want to see it like that. Well, I like the, the energy I'm receiving. Okay. Well, you I watched it. You know what's tired for me about Sunday about Sunday nights? Too. There's a lot of stuff that's on TV that I want to watch. I did get to watch Insecure last night also, and it was a pretty amazing episode. It looks like Lawrence and Issa, you know, might be re-sparking some things, but you got to watch it to see what happens. And, you know, there's some surprises on there. So I still love that show. It's hard just because that's on and then Insecure is on and then 90 Day Fiance is on. So... You know, today's a catch-up day for me. And I watched Black AF, by the way. I'm up to episode oh, seven. Oh, how is it? Because I was like, I was like, let me see what's going on on this show because I hear so many mixed things about it. I definitely thought some parts of it were pretty funny as far as a satire. I can understand why some people feel like it is a lot of the same topics from Blackish uh-huh. because they had a Juneteenth episode. So I get that. It's a, it's more uncensored and a little more harsh than watching uh-huh. Blackish. I think Envy in particular, you might enjoy it because there's some similarities. Like he has six kids. I know you have five, but with all the kids and then, you know, with uh, Rashida Jones's character, the wife, she actually was the original breadwinner 
of the family. And then she made a sacrifice so that he could be the breadwinner. And she's kind of the smarter one. And I feel like in your relationship, Gia is the smarter one. Yep, and so there's some things that I could feel like I could see. And she was a breadwinner at first. Right. That's what I'm saying. Black, so Black AF is trash. It's literally yeah, a some, bunch of... It's trash. It's literally a bunch. It's it's like it's like white people doing an impression of what they think black people act like, and it's so weird because they're black. Like it's like it's, it's like bougie black people pretending to be ghetto as hell. Like it's so yeah, corny. It's, it's, there's some things that don't even necessarily have to do with that though. Like you know, your their 13 year old daughter dancing to City Girls and posting it online, and what does that look like, and what does that mean? And then it's educational about how black women uh, you, you, are made to seem like the, they're older. You're talking about a 13-year-old daughter who don't even want to be black? Who doesn't even identify as black on the show? Yeah. You didn't get to I that point yet, huh? Oh. That show but is But I'm only garbage. in episode seven, but I did Goodness enjoy gracious, some parts of it. And yeah, I definitely didn't think it was garbage. I, I haven't see seen it. Kenya, and, and, and I love Kenya Barris, but he should not be in front of the camera. In no way, shape, or form. What? He has no presence. And 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 it, and it is, you know, there is more cursing and it is more edgier, but it's way less funnier than blackish. Like, why do another version? Of blackish, we have blackish already. Like I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't get it. I thought it was. No, terrible. there were some parts that I think were enjoyable. I did it, and I was, I was watch, like I binge watched it and didn't want to turn it off. So I enjoyed it. And why the, and why is the why is he cursing out his daughters and why is his daughters cursing him out? Like what where does that happen at? Like, I think they really like a privilege. It's a, they're kind yeah. of like a privileged. They're like a privileged, entitled family. Once again, that is also like, dealing <laughs> with being black. So. Once again, it's like white people doing a bad impression of black people. Well, I don't. I, I've know, never I, seen no. Bl- what, what black household gonna, where a, a, a father can just curse out a daughter and the daughter curse out the father? The young girls, like what? That don't happen. But you know how sometimes, households. sometimes you see like the black kids go to school with the white kids and then they come home doing the same things they see the white kids doing to their parents. Once again. It's a show that That's seems it, like white people doing a bad impersonation of black people, and it makes no sense because they're all black. And listen, I know black people aren't monolithic, and everybody's different, but I, I've never met anybody like that family on Black AF. And guess what? If I did, I wouldn't hang out with them. They're a bunch of a-holes. Like, I thought it was I guess I got to see an episode for myself because, I, I mean, goodness and, gracious. And I would say this. Don't just watch the first episode because the first episode I didn't love, but then I got more into it after that. So I just went to... Black- Black AF is whack AF. Goodness gracious. Black AF is whack AF. All right. Well, you got a positive note after all that whack is AF? (laughs) This is an opinion on art. That's all. Listen, uh, the positive note is simply this. The the positive note is this. It comes from Don Miguel Ruiz. It's difficult to try and be what you are not. Being what you are doesn't require any effort. When you become wise, you accept yourself the way you are, and the complete acceptance of yourself becomes the complete acceptance of everyone else. Breakfast club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done?